Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I want to take time out now to talk to a woman who, if you look up her name, if you Google her name, Noelle McCarthy, New Zealand broadcaster, you'll come up against a whole lot of stuff. Uh, stuff like this, which I, which I watched this morning, it's not a TED talk, it comes under a name. I'll ask her about it in a second. Stuff like this, you'll find in the search of Noelle McCarthy, New Zealand broadcaster. I know that it's not uncommon for teenagers to stop speaking to their mums, you know, for an hour or for a day or for a week even. Mine lasted a little bit longer than that. Mine lasted a lot longer than that. I didn't speak to my mother again until I went to university. Yeah. And I know what you'll be thinking. That Noelle McCarthy. I bet she was a willful little girl. And you'd be right. I was. I was a willful little girl. And my mother, Mammy. Mammy has her own issues. She's <laughs> she's not the easiest person to deal with. I think the, um, the thing that sums this up, my mother is the only person I know of, to the best of my knowledge, who the Samaritans have hung up on. <laughs> not making it up. <laughs> Noelle, good morning to you. <laughs> Good morning, TJ. My gosh, what a blast from the past. <laughs> that was 2016 and I sat back and I watched it and I laughed. No, I laughed at what is a very sad story and, and, and more on that in a while. But you're from Cork. You've been working in New Zealand since since when? Gosh, when did I leave? I left Ireland in 2001 and um, went to New Zealand via Australia. So I guess I've been working professionally in New Zealand since about 2002 because I got into radio after being there about a year. So yeah, too long, PJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you, you do podcasts now, your company called Bird of Paradise Productions. But let's talk about Mammy, as you refer to her. I think, I think it's a Cork woman thing. Mammy will always be Mammy. Even women in their 60s whose mothers are still alive, they still call their mother Mammy. Your new book is called Grand, and it's a story of your life, her life, your relationship, 
and part of why you fell out like you did when you were a teenager. What what prompted you? Yeah, She's gone now, and my, I'm sorry for your loss because it's very clear from the book and from listening to you talk about her and things like that. You loved her dearly for all her faults. You loved her dearly. Oh, I absolutely did. And, you know, for all my faults, she loved me too. And, you know, you've you've hit it right on the head, PJ. The book is a love story. You know, I didn't know that I was writing a love story. I didn't even know I was going to be writing about my mammy. It was a huge sort of surprise to me when really? I started writing. Yeah, because... You know, I thought I had lots of different stories that I thought I wanted to write. I thought I'd write a memoir about my own life, you know, that I was the most interesting person in my life. And imagine my surprise when I started writing to realize that actually it was my mother, Caroline. You know, she was she was just a gift of a character as as a first time writer, you know, for me to dive back into those memories. Everything with her was a party. You know, she was larger than life. We had photo shoots all over the city. She loved a photo. She had pink hair. You know, she she made everything an occasion. And I think when you're sort of looking around for your story as a first time writer, to have someone like that pop up on the page, I couldn't ignore her. Mm. I had to keep going back to her as a character. And then I was very surprised to see that what I thought was a memoir about me was really like you say a memoir about the love between us the complicated relationship we had and the sort of the bittersweetness of of that love but you know it's funny to listen to you playing that clip earlier because unbeknown to me I'd been thinking about her you know, for years previously as a subject, because that was a piece I wrote for an audience in New Zealand. You know, I had to do a a kind of a, you stand up and you talk without notes for five minutes, you tell a story. And that was the story I decided to tell. So obviously she was very much in my, in my mind and in my heart for a long time. Oscar Wilde, I think it was, who said, all women eventually turn into their mothers. (laughs) And and in a way you did, didn't you? Tell me tell me about Carol. She she was, like you said, larger than life, great character, great fun, always stuck in everything. The the bane of taxi drivers because she never learned to drive. And I don't think you did either. Um but she was she was a chronic. I, I finally hang on, I'll have to correct you there. I finally got my oh, license. Oh did you? PJ. I did at the tender age of forty-three. <laughs> and it was probably the most terrifying thing, the single most terrifying thing I've ever had to do in my life. I learned to drive in a rural part of New Zealand where the only lane changes you can do are passing lanes in front of logging trucks. Lovely. So getting out of that with my hair on was was a whole other thing. Oh, but yeah, my mum my mum was, you know. No, she was a, she was a, an amazing person. She was a deeply charismatic woman. I've said that, you know, and she was also someone who'd had difficulties in her life. You know, mm. she had had hard times, and it was really only as I grew up and as I moved away and went to New Zealand and had the benefit of time and distance that I realised the impact of her challenge. on her life and also of course how it impacted me in in my life you know as her daughter and the book is very much about exploring the idea of legacy you know those Mm. things that we pass down especially as mothers and daughters to our um to our children she she was an alcoholic 
and you unfortunately inherited that from her, didn't you? Well, I don't call her that because she never called herself that, PJ. Okay. And I think that's a really important difference okay. between both of us. Okay. Do you know, for me, like, there's so much freedom in being able to name myself as an alcoholic, you know, being able to accept that. And that was something that came to me over time and, you know, in my own way. But it, my mother's story was different, you know, and her experience of that was different. Her drinking caused a lot of conflict between me and her. You know, and that was something that very much kind of defined my teenage years, my young adult years. I mean, I say in the in the clip that you used, you know, we stopped talking and we stopped talking for a very long time. And it's quite difficult, actually, to stop talking when you live in the same house. You know, we used to um, we got quite involved in it we used to pass very long very detailed notes to each other so like funnily enough we were still in communication but we did yeah we we had a difficult relationship and for me that was a result of her drinking and and the tension and the stress that came with that but then later on of course in my life like you say that was something I had to um you know I had to face myself mm. and there was a you know, there was such an irony for me. It was, you know, I think in the book I talk about it as like a cosmic irony. I yeah. was thinking to myself, how did I get here? How's this happening? Yeah. And I think that's a common story for many people, for many of us who've had our struggles with drink. You know, you don't necessarily think it'll happen to you. My you compliments know, on your honesty. Prepared. With regards to it in the book. My compliments on your honesty. But one thing that I also Thank want you. to compliment, you, you are telling this story of your mom and of you with incredible honesty. And there's so much, like you said, she had had such tough things happen in her life and whatever. It's very funny. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. <laughs> I'm so glad and, you And the said darkest that. days of her drinking, <laughs> you say she never called herself an alcoholic, so therefore I won't use the word again. Her, the darkest times of her drinking and your dark times as an alcoholic. How did you write them in a way that had me throwing my head back laughing? 
<laughs> I'm so glad you say that. I mean, look, my favorite writers make you laugh, even when they're making you cry, don't they? You know, I'm that generation of women. We grew up with Marion Keys. You know, she mm. set the bar, I think. You read something like Rachel's Holiday, which is, you know, a story about addiction and a story about some very dark things. But at the same time, you're falling around the place laughing because she's so funny. You know, she's the sort of, for me, she was the creator of the Irish Mammy. You know, this character that, that just n- never changes no matter where you put her. And I felt you know when when I was coming to write this book PJ I wanted it to be entertaining you know because my mother I wanted to sort of do her justice she was very very funny you know she could wither you with a one-liner she Mm. could sum up a situation in a handful of words you know that was her gift and and not to be too general about it but I kind of think it's a court gift you know I think there's that facility with language oh listen if you were if you were to make a film out of this Maggie Smith would play her you know I mean really like it was oh I love that (laughs) there was a touch of there was a touch of the dowager the dowager about her from Downton you know the withering one-liner she was she was full of them the book starts with you coming home to be with her at her deathbed yeah, that's right. She died at the beginning of 2022, PJ, or sorry, 2020. Mm. And, you know, it was, and I'm sure there's lots of people listening who might have had a similar situation in their lives and in their families. But, you know, these were the the deaths and the losses at the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, I think we were so lucky. My mom's was one of the last funerals that was able to sort of be attended in the city, you know, like with full attendance. There were no restrictions. And it was a very strange time for me because, you know, I got the call and, and I decided to come home. I had a, a, a young child, a very young girl at the time in New Zealand, and I decided to come alone. And then, of course, you know, you're there and things are, the news was coming out of Italy, you know, the case numbers were rising. And there was just that sense of, oh, God, like, what what do I do, you know? And in the end, I mean, I won't spoil the book, but in the end, I had to make a decision to go when I did. And that meant... You know, I, I I was one of th- that generation who, you know, watched a watched a funeral on Zoom. Yeah. Had to watch a live stream, and and I think again that's a shared experience. I know that when the book came out in New Zealand, there were people there who said that happened to me too, because it's your nightmare as an immigrant, really. You know that that you will get the phone call and that you will have to. You know, you will have to um, go back. I'm part of a Facebook group. I don't know if you know about it. It's called Irish Mammies on Facebook. Okay. And, um, you know, they're mammies from all over the world. And they call themselves Irish Mammies and they're Irish daughters as well. And it's it's one of the topics that comes up. Yeah. You if know, it, will you it, be ready? If it had been only a few weeks maybe later, you wouldn't have gotten yeah, that's back. that's right. I couldn't have gotten back. Do you think, think. about and that? I, do, you, do, you, do you contemplate that? I do. I do. I absolutely do. Because again, you know, not wanting to give away too much about what happens in the book, but the gift of being able to come back to Cork and to have that time with my mother and and my family, you know, was profound. Like it was just, I was so lucky. And I do think about people who, you know, haven't been able to do that because you know a a lot of this book is about living between Ireland and New Zealand and kind of what that's like Mm. because home is still home 
you know, as an immigrant, you just have two homes. You're you're very lucky in one sense, but there are times in your life when you have to make these these decisions, and and you know, you don't get any warning really. Yeah, and New Zealand in in the pandemic, and God, we we looked we looked at it from here, and we won't marvelled at what they were doing. But like you said, if it was a few weeks later, you wouldn't have been able to get here. And if it was a few weeks later, if you were here, you might not have been able to get back. I think my mum's funeral was maybe less than a week before the complete lockdown in New Zealand. So, you know, we went into lockdown a few days later. And it was a very strange, you know, I think it was a strange time for everyone all over the world. But I felt like I was in a bubble. You know, and, and it, you know, it had a wonderful consequence for me because that's when I wrote a lot of this book, you know, while New Zealand was locked down. And it was an amazing thing to be able to do, you know, to go out my little walk every day because you couldn't go very far, same as in Ireland, you know, and you couldn't see anyone. But I was able to sort of to write. So in my head, I was in Cork a lot of the time, you know, mm. which is a great freedom that that I wasn't expecting to have. Well, in your life as a broadcaster, you've probably skim read a thousand books and gone back a second time to half of them, uh, if, if, if even that. I, I look forward to going back a second time to this, having gone through it. Because, and I would be, and all my, my listeners know this, I, I love fiction. I don't read a lot of nonfiction, and I, I, I certainly don't read a lot of biography or memoir. I love my fiction and my crime fiction in particular. This reads like a novel. You forget oh. it's somebody's real story. And that's because you write it so well. Thank you so much. That's the highest praise. I love crime. I love Tana French. You know, I love a story that sort of whips along. And it was really important to me to, you know, to give people an experience that would be entertaining and that you'd, you'd sort of just get them to the next page. You know, I just wanted something that would be a page turner. So thank you so much for saying that. It is you. that, it is that. And people can find your, your podcasts. I, I must look up your interview with the Dalai Lama. I must find that. <laughs> It was his birthday. I was very lucky to talk to him on his birthday. Actually, it's quite short, PJ. You don't get a lot of time. No, I don't think. I don't think he says much anyway, does he? No, he doesn't. And <laughs> he doesn't need to. <laughs> Listen, I, I continue. I, I wish you the greatest of success with this. If if you ever do get to make it into a film, I know Maggie Smith is pushing on a bit now, but I think she'd be fantastic <laughs> to play Mammy. Where can we buy it? Is it online or is it in Waterstones? Where is it? I think it's everywhere today. Today, you're the first interview I've done on the publication day in Ireland. So it's it's so special to talk to 96FM because obviously my whole family are listeners. But I think it's on Patrick Street in all the bookshops at the moment, in Dubray and in Waterstones and in Eason's. Have I missed any? Not on Patrick Street, you, you haven't any. Where all good books <laughs> are sold. Noelle, congratulations on, on the book. And do you know, condolences on the loss of Mammy too. Thank you so much. Thank you. We miss her every day. Take care. That's Noelle McCarthy uh, from Cork, broadcaster, successful broadcaster in New Zealand and writer of a new book that's just called Grand. And that's how it is. Grand? I was wondering, why would you call a book Grand? Read it and you find out why. Thank you so much, Noelle, and good luck. Cork's 96FM.